a house civis broadcasting. Welcome, everyone. We want to thank you for joining us here this lovely far. It is the 13th of Therendor. We're going to try and keep it a little light this week. What with our uh, special midweek episode being a little on the low side. It was. It was very low and kind of hard to listen to. But I feel like sometimes when we're dealing with serious subjects like the persecution of an entire community within Thrain, it's not going to come off soft. But I'm delighted that we got to talk with her and hopefully this will be a much easier time. So we've got some Aloofies Asks and we have a very special interview at the end here where we're going to talk about something again a little lighter. Uh, We're going to keep that secret until right up to the end. And then, of course, we have uh, a little bit of news to get to. That'll be the hardest part, I promise. I hope you enjoy today's A Chronicle of Echoes. Go ahead and jump into some news, uh, Luffy. Do you have anything? I do. Uh, so a lot of you might not know this, but I do indeed keep an eye on the dragon shard market. The price of Aranal Sibiris shards has drastically increased over the past 72 hours. At one point, it was just like a few silver per medium-sized shard, now you're paying platinum upon platinum piece per small Sybaris shard, which is insane. Yeah, that is. uh, I'm not very familiar with the shards myself, but I've heard uh, that the market is very volatile at the moment. It's all because a small group of public speculators decided to jump in on the Aranol Sybaris shard market to show off the instability, the, the fragility, as well as the corruptibility of what a lot of people say is a quote-unquote free market. Well, I don't understand any of it. I'm going to be quite frank. Uh, uh, all I know is uh, I heard in the streets someone saying, uh, don't sell, hold out. So hopefully that's what they need. Ho- hopefully, I, I don't know, maybe they should. But from what I've been told, don't sell, hold out. And on that note, I think I'll read the news that I have. Unfortunately, uh, I do have a bit of dire news from our friends at the Sharn Inquisitive, but it is pertinent to something coming up in one of our future broadcasts. On Mole, a horde of 2,000 Drome warriors composed of minotaurs, ogres, gnolls, and other monsters began skirmishing with the Brelish army along Greywall Pass. 
Early reports indicate that the Hordes were being directly influenced by the Daughters of Sorakel. As you know, they seized power uh, in the Brelish region in 987. It is being reported that at least three mountain citadels, Mount Anglio, Virtue Soars, and Blackwood Cleft, have all fallen to the Horde. These three fortifications were among the 13 built in 990 after passage of the controversial Grey Levy. Now, critics of the Drome policy decry the Grey Wall defense plans. One amongst them, Baroness Avarulo, was quoted as saying, When the king withdraws from Western Brayland 11 years ago, we were all worried about a situation such as this one might have consequences. What was once our beautiful homeland is now a breeding ground for endless waves of horrible monsters. In a strongly worded speech delivered directly to Parliament, she advocated the launching of a cleansing crusade to wipe out the Daughters of Sorakel and reclaim the Western Brayland. Provisions of the Unity Act in 988 prevent the Brayland Ledger from reprinting any of her statement in detail, which is deeply concerning. If her statement was that vitriolic, I, I can't imagine it was very positive to our friends in Drome. Now, we will have the mayor of Greywall on soon uh, to discuss uh, the upcoming attempt at ratification of the nation of Drome. And we're really excited to have him. I, I think that we have questions that we'll definitely want to ask him in regard to these attacks and skirmishes. Uh, I think the show of force is a little unnecessary because, according to what I read, they are not leaving any survivors. That is definitely concerning. And I think that we all are going to be keeping a very close eye on this. Uh, how do you feel about the ratification? Do you think that Drome should be a part of everything? I don't think I'm going to make a comment on that, Silas. Well, you know what? I respect that. Speaking of Drome, are you excited, Silas? Am I excited for Drome? Are you excited for the Therani production of Threshold? I'm going to say no, uh, because generally you guys don't let me drink at these. You shouldn't. I mean, you can drink if you want to, but I'm really excited for it. I'm holding you to it. that. I'm, I, was, I'm, I was not as excited. I, now I'm extremely excited. So, so tell me about Threshold. Wow, since you're you've got me, so three-dimensional, Silas. I'm definitely three. Listen, every time we go to one of these Therani things, you put me in there, you make me watch one of these plays. I don't understand what they're saying. Half the time, I'm bored out of my mind. And I don't get to kill anyone. This one has a wand slinger and an old civis gnome lady. Oh, and I mean, it's this... good to see we're represented. Stop talking over me, Silas. I'm sorry. You... Continue. You were saying the, the old gnome lady. The Kalashtar child who has dreams about the silver flame. And then there's, ooh, ooh, the tailor who's a goblin and uh, may or may not have dubious ties. There's a warg. There's, um, a oh, warg. there's a shifter. And and she may or may not be married to, like, the town tinkerer, and she's also a blacksmith, and then there's the super cool masked mystery person. Oh, and then there's also this cool druid, um, and it's really cool, and I'm really excited. Well, now I have even more questions, uh. And then there's a dwarf who is the school teacher, and he's got symbiotes, and one of them looks like a flump. Do you know what a flump is, Silas? 
No. What is a flumph? It's like a jellyfish with eye stalks. They're really cute. They glow colors when they're happy. Now, how is that attached to his body? It's like it's like his arm. It's on his arm. It looks like a tattoo. Well, that's interesting. But like the eye stalks stick up. If you're going to immediately cut me off when I try and weigh in on this, it's going to get really old real quick. Really? I wonder how that feels. I wouldn't even begin to know. Uh, so, uh, you said there's a warg. Yeah. Like an actual warg? Yeah. Is it a talk? Does, does it, it talk? I think so. We're going to find out. Okay, and then you said the Kalishtar worships the flame. Is that sacrilegious? I feel like that might be a little... Why? Because you know how the flame is. The flame doesn't hate... I don't know. I'm just excited for it. When are we going to enjoy this play? Their first showing was the other day, and I got tickets for this week. So... You know what? I am looking forward to it. We'll have to do a whole thing on it. It sounds like a great time. It's an episodic thing, too, so, like, each oh, month no they're going to have, like, a new episode out, and then we can, like, talk about it, and we can and tell each everybody. one of those is several hours as well? I think, like, three to four hours, yeah. Oh, good, yeah, that's, oh, oh. It's only monthly. Oh, well, I, you know what? That makes it, I thought it was weekly, and I can't imagine sitting through a show every week. Oh, my goodness. I do. <laughs> Meeps and I go to the go, go to the Crystal Theater every single week. We talk about our soaps. I would love to hear you and Meeps have the discussion. Would you? No, I was being you sarcastic be part of the because com- Meeps doesn't talk. Can, Meeps talks. You just got to get him excited enough. Maybe you'd know that if you were ever exciting. <laughs> hey, look, we've got some of Luffy's asks. Let's 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 jump over to that. Maybe that'll be more exciting. So today, in the Luffy's Advice Corner, what's our first question, Silas? Okay, uh, let me take a look here. Uh, The first question I have is, oh, it says, greetings again, Miss Luffy. That's me. I am writing to thank you for your advice you gave a few weeks back and to ask you another question. Your advice worked great, and I have been able to connect well with my roommates and find many new friends and such. In fact, I have very recently begun a relationship with a new shifter friend of mine, which is going well. However, the semester is coming to an end, and she will be returning home for some time. I really hope she doesn't live in Thrain. We will want to stay together, but neither of us have experience with long-distance relationships. Do you have any advice on this situation? Sincerely, Jess Le Diorian. Okay, so there's a lot of really cute romantic things you could do that you could only do if you are in a long-distance relationship. So first off, the basis of long-distance relationships is trust. You have to understand that not always can uh, the person on the other side of the relationship reach out to you when you might be in need of them to reach out to you. And having a support network and people you can talk to is always important. Now, on top of that, uh, you should know that... um, with that trust also comes communication. And what way is better than to communicate than House of Us messaging stations? That's right. You can go to any House of Us messaging station and ask for a love postcard. And what they'll do is they'll write down your message on this like cute little pink and red postcard that's got hearts all over it. And then they'll uh, make sure that that gets sent off to the intended person you can do stuff like just like say i love you or you could do like you could like play games like word games or like 
conqueror or like stuff like that then you could also send like physical packages through house orion so you could be like i saw this necklace and i thought of you and then send them a necklace and like a book of poetry or like something like that all of that was surprisingly insightful how many relationships have you had Luffy? why you gotta throw shade like this Silas? oh well then let me give actual advice the world is on the precipice of war. It was at war until just a few years ago. So my recommendation is go for it 100%. There's no point in doing long distance because the world could change tomorrow. Enjoy the time you have now. Chase your dreams. Live fully for yourself with someone. It makes the difference. Long distance can be fun for a little while, but in these troubling times, I really recommend I would just bite the proverbial bolt and just go for it. Take the arrow to the knee. That sounds all well and good, Silas. But how many marriages have you screwed up? Technically one. Let's just go on to your next ask, Miss Aluvi. Dear Aluvi, a friend of mine has a crazy business idea about a quick message service in Sharn, but they aren't very keen on working with any of the dragon-marked houses. Good call. Uh, should I discourage them... And is there even a possibility to having business without including any dragon-marked houses in their area of work? Oh, it's not signed. Oh. A mysterious person. So, this one's really interesting. So, with a quick message service, you'd be directly in competition with House Civis. Now, I'm not saying that it would be too difficult. I will admit that sometimes House Civis is a little slow on actually delivering messages because it's hard to figure out where exactly people are when we're out delivering messages, delivering the mail, essentially. So, that can be a little bit tough. Um, I think that... Um, the big question here is, what is the problem they're wanting to solve? And is it feasible for them to want to monetize solving it? And would it not just be better for them to sell that idea to a dragon-marked house? Now, there's often this thing that everybody says the dragon-marked houses are corrupt, but let me tell you that House Civis is one of the least corrupt dragon-marked houses. It is entirely possible to do business in the same wheelhouse as a dragon-marked house uh, and still make money and do good business. Just look at House Galanda. They don't have black-marked taverns all over Sharn. There are lots of independent owners of taverns in Sharn. Uh, the same goes for Caneth and uh, blacksmiths and tinkerers and mage rights. And the same goes for ranchers and House Vidalis. It's just a matter of, is it feasible for someone to do something? And can they do it better than a dragon-marked house? Hello, Aloofy. I'm going to ask you a difficult question. Well, this is, oh, oh okay, this is written a little unusual here. A uh, little over a month ago, I was playing the part of the episodic story There and Back Again, a Zenderic Adventure, in the Stargazer Theater here in Sharn. You might know the character I play, the rogue, cunning burglar. However, I've recently have an overly enthusiastic fan, 
One who wants to see me and the swordsman fight, eh? In a romantic encounter desperately. I might be paranoid, but I have seen this person a few times outside of the theater. More than I would believe to be a coincidence. Have you encountered something similar? And what would your advice be on moving forwards? From Zelaven Elorenthi de Filarin. Not a lot of people choose to write in their accent, and that always throws me because that's not how I write. But then I think that there are probably colloquial words that are used that I do write that way. So it's it's always weird when you come across it, but always interesting as well. I kind of like it because then you get to hear their voice a little bit. Oh, a smidge, yes, absolutely. Well, um, Mr. DeFiarlin, uh, Zell, can I call you Zell? I'm going to call you Zell. Yeah, so it's really kind of scary. Um, we've only had that happen once or twice to Silas and me. Um, but it's the reason why we have guards that we've hired from House Denith and House Kunderak. And then also sometimes my daddy will come pick me up after my shift. Uh, and he is an adventurer, so he's, like, really strong. And sometimes he sends some of his friends from the Clifftop Guild instead of just coming himself, and they're really strong. Um, so I would maybe hire some adventurers to maybe talk to this lady and be like, hey, you gotta chill out, because you're spooking them. So I will say that, yeah, we, we had that... One gnome that kept hanging around the older guy he was very mm-hmm. disconcerting. I didn't like the look of him. Uh, but uh, I'm going to say something here that I, I don't think uh, Mr. D. Fiarlin thought of. You have just announced to this person that you know about the situation and are addressing it publicly for everyone. Run. Find guards immediately. Go to a guild immediately. Aluffy is absolutely right. You need security. Now is the time to get that. Do not wait. Please do not wait. I do not want to read about you in the Shard Inquisitive. Please do not wait. I didn't even consider that. Hey, so our studio is pretty, pretty solidly fortified if you need to come and maybe we talk about stuff i don't know at kevin capona's we we can't have people come up here into the booth but we would be delighted to house you down in kevin's monstrous place yes yeah and if you're that weird creepy stalker person following don't 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 leave, leave this person alone or just send them fan mail don't do that no why would you encourage that we get enough of that well no like instead of being creepy and like standing around them just be like hey i appreciate you i like it when people tell me that they appreciate me so for everybody who's listening right now if you walk over to the echoers uh there's a cute little comment pad or you can do this thing called tweeter we are at civis echoers on tweeter and so you can like tweeter us or you can in the comments just be like a luffy I appreciate you. Or, Luffy, your hair smells nice. You know, just nice things like that. I would really appreciate it. And, of course, in the corner we have our subscribe in the lovely traditional red gnomish wear. 
stop over and say hello, subscribe. I'd like to get House Civis Echoers right in my own home, or conveniently at this tavern, and we'll make that happen. We will make sure wherever you want us, we are there. You know, sometimes, Silas, I sit in my office and I think, hmm, I wonder if people really know how to send us fan mail, and I wonder if they know how to send us a Luffy's Asks. Do you know how they do it, Silas? Well, of course. We've mentioned it every week for the most part, sometimes not, but we've tried, and that is, of course, our Gmail, our gnome mail here at civisechoerstation at gmail.com. The com stands for communication, which is what we're doing now. Man, you're so smooth saying it like that. Well, I do my best when I'm pressed by management. And while you're speaking to our subscribe, you can always look at our description pad for any interesting information, such as how you can become a patron, or how to get a hold of us, or cute little facts of the day. We've never done a fact of the day, but maybe we will now. And so now uh, we'll move on to that beautiful interlude music and our sponsor. What's that? No sponsor this week because we are running behind. Holy host, it is a miracle. Are they really all right with that? Are they, are they fine? <laughs> this is a good day. Oh, oh my goodness. Well, uh, after the interlude music. Enjoy this music and then we'll jump right into our super secret topic. I said earlier we do have an exciting guest today it is our old friend monte cook monte have you brought us anything good oh yes actually i did it is uh nothing as exotic as normal but it's uh it's a spiced wine from thrain i'm going to assume thrackle aloofy i think that will be your gift enjoy you know silas i think that i'll take you up on that offer it's not often that i get to have alcohol that people bring us that's going to taste really tasty it's no problem at all. Uh, I, I, I've I had some in the past. I believe it is Thrakel Spice. It, it's quite good. Uh, I like it. Obviously, kind of more of an acquired taste around these parts. Then uh, someone made it the throne. Yeah, I'm going to solidly pass on that. I was asking uh, about uh, today's creatures. I'm going to keep my hands back, if you don't mind. I'll keep them to myself. Yeah, it's not too bad this time around. Um, Actually, we... Uh, I only brought two this time. Uh, we have the Snowy Owlbear Cub and a Vine Snake from Zendrick. Now, the Snowy Owlbear Cub, we're going to go ahead and just 
go over him first, just because he is quite large in comparison to us. Oh, I, I see Meeps <laughs> bringing him in. Oh, oh my goodness. That is, uh, he, he is about a foot and a half to two feet tall there. I, I can't really, oh my god, he, he is, that's not a cub, That that's a bear. That is a full-grown bear. You're being ridiculous, Silas. Look at it, it's so cute with its little beakies and its little toesies. Little pretty baby. Now, uh, the Albers, as you're familiar with, uh, at least here in uh, Corvair, generally they're primarily carnivores. They eat basically anything they can get their hands on. Now, the snowy variant of the owlbear, which comes from the Toshana Tundra in Salona. Now, they primarily eat fish and the occasional unlucky seal that they catch out on the tundra near the coast. Oh, him likes little fishies. Oh, munch, munch, fishies. Does that mean they're inherently aggressive towards, like us, adventurers? They look like a combination of a polar bear and a snow owl, and... Anything to do with the polar bear is kind of best to stay away, so I would say kind of the same advice is best to stay away. This one here we kind of found out on the tundra by itself. So the archaeologist found him out on the ice kind of without his mother. And the archaeologist there decided, hey, you know what would be great? Let's bring it on back to Monty Darwin at the College of Menagerie Management. And put him in the menagerie, which so far he's been quite a delight. We uh, he hasn't really shown too many signs of aggression, just because he's been kind of domesticated and a bit uh, used to people. So we think that's just because of how young he was when he was found, kind of makes him a little bit less aggressive. So Monty, do the people of the tundra like keep those these little guys as pets? Cause. Uh, I could keep this little guy as a pet. Look at him. What a cutie. Um, that is unclear. It could be a possibility. We do know out in the frontiers, uh, some people do keep owlbears as pets, so I wouldn't really put it past them. Uh, what makes his fur so white? Like, like his fur and his feathers. Why hasn't it yellowed or anything? Like, you know how, like, Really expensive dogs, their, like, fur gets all yellow if you don't, like, keep care of them proper. Like, it gets, like, brown-colored. So why is his fur so white? Now, the reason that we think he's so white is because of his possible origins. Uh, the first one, obviously, is probably a little bit controversial just to say here is he could have been a house fidelis experiment gone wrong. Kind of like how we think some owlbears might have been originally a house with Alice experiment gone wrong and he could have evolved over time. Uh, now that, really kind of no evidence for that at this current moment. But uh, the other likely explanation might be just, uh, it could be a creature from Kithri, popped up in Adar, they could have moved up thousands of years ago into the tundra and evolved over time to the white. Or we do know there are uh, Rizia manifest zones there in the tundra could have popped out there that could be native to Rizia. We just don't know at this current moment. That is all fascinating. Uh, uh, Alufi, do you have any uh, other questions regarding the the uh, owlbear here? 
Yeah. Is it okay if I give him some little scratches and pets? Uh, so actually, uh, yes, this one, uh, I do actually encourage petting this one. As I said, he's just been kind of domesticated and used to people. He does quite like behind his ears, uh, right there, kind of, kind of like a puppy. Oh my goodness. Oh, what a cutie. Ooh, your breath smells like rotting fish. You're so sweet. What a sweetie pie. Oh my goodness. I love him. Well, uh, let's go ahead and move on to the next one. I, I know that we are a little pressed for time. Uh, what's the second thing you have? Uh, uh, right, so our next creature that we have, uh, this one is from, obviously, our base in Zindric. It is the Vine Snake. Monty, this is just a vine with some berries on it. Uh, <laughs> that looks like a vine, yeah. I, I, oh, oh, okay, I can see the little head. Okay, all right. Yeah, it's just waking up now. Obviously, the Vine Snake kind of comes from a bit of a controversial figure in... Uh, the Menagerie world. Uh, this comes from Stibbles. He is an associate professor at uh, the Morgrave University. He's kind of working his way up the ranks. Uh, hopefully he should be getting full professorship here soon. So he's written on these. Yeah, he has written on this. He's actually written a book that has been published. Um, the famous Stibbles Codex of Companions. As you can see, it does have berries growing on it. Which... Luffy, you asked about the berries earlier. Ah, uh, yeah. I, are these actual, like, berries? Uh, they are actual berries, oh, my though goodness. you don't want to eat it. Oh, my goodness. That was a close one. <laughs> I uh, came very close to eating that. Uh, they are poisonous. That is its primary way of hunting, is it lays and waits using its camouflage and will trick unsuspecting creatures into eating its berries, which will then poison, and then it will eat it. So, it's a small dose of poison, then. I'd probably be alright. I it can eat humanoids. Are the berries good, though? Uh, we just don't know. <laughs> and I highly recommend you not actually eating it. With it using its poisonous berries, its primary source of food is uh, small game, rabbits, rats, birds. Uh, but, obviously, the occasional adventurer in Zendrick sees food just hanging there. He's been lost for a few days. We'll grab it and just go to town and unfortunately get poisoned and then get eaten. But uh, if you look closely at it, at its tendrils, though, each at the end of each of its tendrils are heads. So does it grow in like that? Yeah, it does grow multiple heads over time. Uh, we think that uh, it's kind of like a hydra. We have observed that if one does get chopped off over the course of a couple of days, that head will grow back. Well, that's absolutely fascinating. It, it... Look at the little baby snake snoots. What a little snoot. Oh my goodness. It looks uh, like most of them are asleep. It, it plays dead, I, I can tell. Well, that... actually, yes, most of them are asleep except one. That's how it sleeps. If multiple are asleep, one will stay awake in kind of keep watch and then if somebody were to take the bait it'll wake all the other heads up and then it'll go and attack and go have its meal uh, now obviously the camouflage does play uh an effect on this if it sits still it looks just like any other plant 
But uh, unfortunately, the problem with it is, though, is if you get close enough to it, uh, you're already too late. It's probably going to spring an attack. But the problem is, with it being a vine and having multiple heads, is it gets tangled up and it's slow. So it, your best defense is just to run away. Oh no, he's such a clumsy little critter. Getting all tangled like a little pea pod. Oh, he's so cute, Monty. I just want to give him little kisses. Is it okay if I give him little pets, Monty? Will he try and eat me if I pet him's head? Uh, yes, actually, you can. Um, now, uh, one more thing on spotting it, just because maybe some of the adventurers listening to you, for the listeners out there listening to your echo, generally, if you see something with a lot of berries and then a lot of bones underneath it, it's best to stay away. You know, that tracks. Uh, that definitely tracks. I think that's good advice in general in life. So, can it feel me touching, like, these leaves and vines on it? Uh, y- yes, actually, it can. Well, it has been insightful as always. We love having you come here, Monte. Yeah, I love when you come on, Monte. It's always a lot of fun. I love the kind of critters you bring on. Uh, yes, obviously, Silas Alufi. Uh, it is always a great pleasure to be here from the Mulgrave University's Menagerie Management Program. Well, thank you so much. And uh, as always, Alufi. So I know one thing that Monte always says is remember to spay and neuter your pets. But also, I hope everybody keeps an ear out for those echoes of hope. Have a wonderful floor, everyone.